Here's Charlene Steinkamp. Do you know the I am? Well, we've been talking about the I am ever since we started, but do you really know them? Have you surrendered your heart and life to them? Do you know the Lord's voice? We need to make time to hear the Lord's voice and to get to know his power and his presence. And I can tell you when you're in the ministry, you don't have any more time than if you're not in the ministry. So you need to find time. And you can pick. I'm not going to tell you when to do it, if it's morning, like the Lord always did it, or if it's noon, or if it's at lunch when you have time, or if you split it up in four or five different sessions. Um, because it says pray without ceasing. But we need to come to know the Lord, and we need to get to know him more and more. Just like Brian said. I know Brian has been really trying to do that. And Jeremiah 33.3 says, Call to me, and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. So if you are a, a man or a woman that says, How is my husband? What's he doing? And all, how do you see him? Which is what I said to my Lord. He said in Luke 1.15, For he is great in the sight of the Lord. And I said, You've got a big imagination because my husband is far from that. But the Lord was seeing the finished product. He was seeing him when he was all the way through the, to the very end of when he went to be with the Lord, for he was great in the sight of the Lord. And now the Lord's using him still with his books and his devotionals. And um, everybody always comments and says, you know, that just touched me so much. So we need to know that we have to finish well. We need to finish well. It's not just about now, my marriage, and then I'm, I don't need the Lord. I'm going to put him on the bookshelf. And when I have a crisis of a child or a crisis of illness or my family member, I'll pull you off, Lord, when I need you. That's not going to work. The Lord says, I want to be first. So that's one number one step that we have to say, Lord, I want to surrender and, and I want to do your will and way. So I ask you and, and encourage you to know that God does speak. And he'll speak to you in any number of ways. His ways are not our ways. And we've got, I'm not going to tell you, you know, I can tell you how he spoke to me. I would, and you're going to read it in, the, in uh, the newsletter. But I would turn on the radio and, and it would play a song that the miracle is coming. And I would say, Lord, is that for me or who are you playing that for? You know, I did not have this back then, over 25 years ago. I did not have all these places on the internet. There wasn't an internet. You know, we did have TV. Uh, <laughs> I'm just joking, for the kids' sake. I, I'm just keeping you. Um, but what we've got to understand is we have to make the time to tune in. And, and God does speak. So let's go to um, the bread of life and let us, I'm going to tell you where we're going to go. Matthew, I think, now I put all these verses, but you know what I left off? The chapter, so wait a second until I find it. So I think it's John, I'm sure, thank you, John, Father. It's John chapter 6, God is so good, he just speaks in my ear and says, John, Charlene, for you not writing it in. <laughs> John 6, and I'm going to start with um, verse 30. So they asked him, what miraculous sign, miraculous sign then will you give that we may see and believe you? What will you do? Does that sound like us? Our forefathers ate the manna in the desert, as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. 
Jesus said to them, I tell you the truth, it's not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread and from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, from now on, give us this bread. And Jesus then declared, I am the bread of life. Verse 35, chapter 6, John 6. He who comes to me will never go hungry, and he who believes in me will never be thirsty. How hungry are you tonight? There's a CD I did a while back, Hunger and Thirst for the Word of God. That's the first step, people. How much do you love reading the Bible? Get it in a version that you love reading it because the Lord will speak to you in so many ways if you will read it. If you don't read it, he can't speak to you. And one of the most common ways first is that he will write, talk to you on billboards. When we need, he needs to get our attention what he wants us to do, he will write it on a billboard or he will write it on a covenant truck and have it pass by right at the time you're sobbing and crying and saying, I can't do it anymore. I don't know if you're going to do it. And there goes the covenant truck. How many, have we, how many testimonies have we read about that? Yes. Why do I keep putting them in? I, because there's still somebody that's still crying and saying, I need to see if I'm, how do I know that I know you really want me to do it? Because God says, I created marriage till death do you part. You are one flesh. So you know, that's how you know. We need to know the word and we need to stand on the word. But if everybody says, well, you know, I don't know the word, that's not going to give you an excuse when you get to heaven. And that's what we've got to pray for our family and loved ones, okay? We've got to understand that there is no excuses. God says, here are how many Bibles? You know the most popular book that's sold is the Bible in the United States? So, you know, you've got to understand that. So he said, you know, I am the bread of life, verse 35, and he who comes to me will never go hungry, and he who believes in me will never be thirsty. Now you've got to believe. You've got to seek. But as I told you, you have seen me, and still you do not believe me. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me, I will never drive away. What a promise. For I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of the, him who sent me, that I, that I shall lose none of them that he has given me. That's a promise for you guys. Let's just flip over now just to verse chapter 8 in John chapter 8, verse 12. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he says, I am the light of the world. He who follows me, I will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. This is a prayer that you can pray that your husband or wife or children will follow and seek the light of the world. You're going to pray that your children or your uh, husbands or wives will hunger for the word of God, the bread of life. This is why I'm telling you this. I'm giving you the secrets of prayers that you need to pray. And you need to write them down. And you need to write a journal and maybe a prayer book that you can just write these and you can flip them over and pray for them one day, maybe do it every day, or at, you know, 
one page for one day and every different ways of different scriptures. But we need to pray the word of God because God's word will never return void. And that's what my words, I ran out of words, but God's word will never return void. John chapter 8, verse 58, it says, I tell you the truth, Jesus answered, before Abraham was born, I am. And that is a secret. Do you know the I am? Flip to chapter 10, verses 9 to 11. And it says, I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. He will come in and go and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Now, when you start reading it from verse 9 and 10, it has a different meaning to you. Because we always say the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But we've got to remember the end of that. But I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. And we need to pray that your husband and wife will see the light and know the truth and that he will enter through the gate, that he will be saved. He will be, their hearts and lives will be transformed. Are you praying for that? Now, go to chapter 11, John 11, verse 25. Jesus said to, this is a story that you would maybe like to read sometime this week, John chapter 11, where Jesus delayed his going to see his best friend Lazarus, Lazarus and his friends Mary and Martha. And Mary and Martha said, hurry, hurry, Jesus, Lazarus is dead, it's dying, he's sick, he's going to die, you must come quickly. And what did he tell the disciples? No, I'm not going quickly. I'm going to wait. And when he waited, guess what happened? He died. But Jesus said, do not worry, he is just asleep. You must believe. Lazarus is dead for your sake, verse 14, it says. I am glad I was not there so that you may believe but let us go to him. How's your belief tank tonight? Are you full or are you empty? It's not believing, and what I teach, it's not believing our website. It's believing who you are in Christ. I am is speaking to you tonight. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And we are coming and saying, don't let the enemy steal anything else from you and stand up and say devil get away from me in the name of jesus i am going to serve my king of kings the i am the i am the alpha and omega the beginning and the last i am the bread of life we've got to stand up and if nothing else take the scriptures and write them down and stand with your bible and sit in your chair or stand or kneel and say i am I am serving this Lord Jesus Christ, and he is my light. He is my gate. He is, and put your husband and name, husband and wife's name in it together for your children. We've got to fight the word, and the word is a double-edged sword in Ephesians chapter 6. Remember that. So anyway, we are going to go to Matthew, I mean John 11, and verse 25, this is what's happened. He's already dead. They already got him buried. And Martha said in verse 24, I know he will rise again in resurrection at the last day. 
verse, in verse 21, let me show you. Martha was just like you guys. Martha, Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. Do you have that faith? Do you have that faith to believe that what you're asking and praying for, you're going to receive it at God's perfect timing? Now, Beatrice didn't want to wait six years to see her son. But that was God's perfect plan for what reason we'll find out when we go to heaven. But when you get to heaven and see the Lord and the glory of the heaven, you won't even care. It, it will be deleted from your mind of what, because it's all over. You know, it's, it's God's got plans and purposes which you can't even begin to understand. And Jesus said to her in verse 23, your brother will rise again. And now Jesus says in verse 25, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she told him, I believe that you are Christ, the Son of God who was to come into the world. Now I'm going to let you read the rest of that, but this is I am the resurrection and the life. And we sang about that tonight. That's what we talked about. The nails, the cross, the blood that he shed. We know, we know the price that he paid. Are we paying the price? Are you willing to pay the price of sacrifice right now? And it is a sacrifice to stand, but it's the best road to be on. Because you know what? The Lord says that the road to heaven and the road following him is is narrow. It's narrow. It's not wide. It's not like a turnpike. It's not like I-95. It is narrow. Because see all those people when you go to church, all sitting at home? You know what? You have to pray for them. Lord, I pray for all my neighbors just to have an urgency to get and go to church. Lord, I pray I'll be a witness that they'll want to go to church. Lord, we're having a, a at our church, we're having a huge, great big um, um, i got to think of the right uh, singers. Katinas are coming to our, our church in Fort Lauderdale. And if you want to know about it, just send us an email and we'll send you the website. But they're coming to our church Sunday night. And it's going to be at 6.30. They start singing, all the different people that are going to be singing. And it's going to be a praise worship service. So you know what? That's what you got to invite your family and friends and people to. Invite them to the Christmas pageants. Invite them to something special that your church is doing. Or if they're doing a series on marriage, say, hey, would you like to come? You know what? You don't know when the Lord is going to have you ready to speak to that person. And that may be a prodigal that somebody else is praying for. You don't know. See, you are going to be used, but if you don't allow the Lord to use you and you're just going to sit there and not do anything, guess what? He wants you to be used now. He wants to use you every day. So, let me go on. 1246. Chapter 12, verse 46. I have come into the world as a light so that no one who believes in me should stay in darkness. There is a scripture for a stander. Put your husband or wife's name in there so that no one who believes in me should stay in darkness. So we're going to pray for your husband and wife, 
What have we been talking about tonight? Believe. We want to pray for our, the salvation of your husband and wife to have their heart turn. And let me take you real quick, because we, we are so blessed with so many visitors and out-of-town guests. But let's go to Acts 26. Acts 26. Acts 26 says, verse, uh, I'm going to start with verse 17. I will rescue you from your own people and from the Gentiles. I am sending you to them to open their eyes, and this is for you to pray for your husband or wife or children or loved ones, to open their eyes and turn them from darkness to light, just what we've been talking about, and from the power of Satan to God, so that they may receive forgiveness of their sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. That's Acts 26, starting, you can start with verse 18, to open your spouse's eyes to turn them from darkness to light. It is actually what we are wanting. There's a verse you can pray and pray that. Ephesians is full of prayers that you can pray. Philippians has got prayers. Uh, Colossians has prayers. Now, my old-time standards here that are faithfuls know about them, and you should know about them if you go to, to the daily devotionals. And there's a place on the very bottom of the front page website that it says, Prayers you can pray, you can actually, it'll put your husband or wife's name in it, and you can print it out. So you can do that also, because we want you to pray the word of God. So let's go on to, last but not least, well, we've got two more to go, and it's John chapter 15, verse 1. Now, what have I been doing? I'm, I am going to fill you up with faith, because I want you to know that you know that you're not by yourself. And verse 15, verse 1 says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. Verse 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in, in him, he will bear much fruit. We want to bear fruit. That's what Chelsea is talking about. That's what we're talking about. I just talked to somebody tonight that said that just a few weeks ago, months ago, that this woman found our website I'm, I don't know how they found it because I don't remember the details. But she found her website and her life has been transformed. And she has been changed into a new creature in Christ. Now she is standing firm for her husband to come home to the Lord and come to know the Lord and to be saved and have a restored marriage. But first the step was she had to change. She had to come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why we teach about salvation so much. You have got to get right. You know what? There's a lot of us that were thought we were saved and were saved, but we were backslidden, if we're honest about it. We were not faithful to the Lord every day. We were not on fire with the Lord. We were going to church, but had we made him a daily commitment with him? Did we walk and talk with him? No, we did it our own way, and we were ahead of our bodies, ahead of our business, or, or doing whatever we wanted to do. And I sort of, you know, put him where it was convenient for me, and I didn't get on fire to the Lord till the Lord took away what was so precious to me that I didn't realize how important it was till you have the pain in your heart that you know that you know you need help from the Lord, that nobody could remove that pain. But the pain can be removed by the Lord. He is the greatest physician. And he heals illnesses. He heals diseases. And um, I, I just want you to understand that. That's why we pray for, uh, we have a chapel page. 
And there are people being uh, healed, and there's people um, battling severe illnesses. But I'm going to give you a scripture right now in case I don't get back to it. Because I want you to know that God can be your great physician. If you're having difficulties right now, do not accept illness, but ask the Lord to heal you. Praise the Lord. Psalm 103, verses 1 to 5. Praise the Lord, O my soul. And I am... Um, challenge myself today to try to teach on eyes. So if you get the hint, I am is an I. Um, but my inmost being, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all your sins, praise the Lord, and heals all your diseases, praise God. Who redeems your life from the pit, Psalm 103, verse 1, verse 4. Who redeems your life from the pit. Do you see? That is what happened to me. He redeemed me. He touched me. He changed me. I had been a Christian. I was going to church. I just wasn't on fire for the Lord. He wants us to be on fire and to be used in his ministry. He wants us to be a lighthouse. Are you redeemed from the pit? Well, we need, if your husband or wife, we need to put your husband or wife's name there to redeem them from the pit and crown them with love and compassion who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. So, all I can say is God is the God of anything. Nothing, nothing is too hard for him. So let's go to the last but not least, I am in John chapter 18. Verses 5 through 8. Jesus of Nazareth, they replied, I am he, Jesus said, and Judas the traitor was standing there with them. And Jesus said, I am he. Then he drew back and fell to the ground. And again, he asked them, who is it you want? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. I told you that I am he. Jesus answered, if you're looking for me, then let these men go. And he then went on the way to be flogged and crucified, as we talked about in that song tonight. When they came to get him, he did not deny who he was, but he says, I am he. Are you Jesus of Nazareth? May we never deny our Lord like Jesus, Judas did and Peter did. May we never be a traitor and not ever wanted to serve the Lord and follow his steps. How many times did he go to the fish, to the shoreline, and go after the fishermen and said, I will make you fishers of men. I am telling you tonight, the Lord is saying to you, I am going to restore your marriage, and I am going to use you in the future, to tell your neighbors and your co-workers and other people that I know that God can touch and heal and restore your marriage because my marriage is restored. Do you believe that Jesus can do it? And that's where you've got to come in and say, I want to get into the boat with Jesus. I want to be one of his disciples. I want to follow him. And when we say, I don't know if the Lord will do it, is there anything? too hard for God to do? No. Is there anything too hard for God to do? No. 
Okay, we got to get it that we know at morning, noon, and night, when when are we got a circumstance that's coming against us, no matter what is happening, what piece of paper came in, and we haven't heard from them and for how long, that is anything too hard for God? So we are going to be able to celebrate and walk in victory each and every day, notify our face that we are a Christian, and so that the people who see us and walk with us say, man, I don't want to serve that God. Get it. She's so depressed. She's, we've got to notify our hearts. But you know how we do it? By telling the devil to get away from us and that we walk in victory. And you may have to walk with that Bible in your hand and says, it says, because how did Jesus defeat the enemy? By writing and quoting the word of God. And I know it's not easy because I stayed up late. I guess I'm doing nothing different now than I did back 25, 26 years ago. Because I used to stay up late when my kids were sleeping and praying and all doing all the things and playing It Is Finished. We did that uh, in July. We played it here, and the Lord gave me that song about 2 o'clock in the morning. So, you know what? It's okay to stay up in the middle of the night because God speaks to his children when they're seeking him and crying out. And he will heal your wounded heart, and he will help you. Don't ever let the enemy tell you that he doesn't know you because he knows how many hairs are on your head. He knows how about the sea of how much sand is on the sea. On the, sea, on the seashore, I want to tell you, don't listen to the elves, the liar. The father of all lies is Satan. And we have got to say, I know the truth, and the truth is going to set me free. It's going to set my spouse free. It's going to set our children free. It's going to set our generations in the future free because we're standing in the gap, and you need to stand in the gap forever. It's not for today. It's forever because... You have an assignment, and we've got to understand that. So we need to know that God has a plan and a purpose, and are you willing to do that? Proverbs 23. Now, I'm going to start giving some scriptures, and you might write them down and um, not flip it to it, but it says, apply your heart to instructions and your ears to words of knowledge. And that's what we've got to do. The title of this teaching tonight is, Do You Follow God's Instructions? Do you follow the I am? The I am, the King of Kings. I am the Lord of Lords. I am the one that died on the cross for your sins and for your family's sins. For your family's sins. May we never, ever forget that, you don't ha that we hate the sins that our spouses are doing but we don't hate the sinner. We love the sinner. The sinner has just been deceived and blinded like I was, you know, uh, and some of you, and I know many of you in this room, were the prodigals originally. Praise the Lord, you're in the right place because we're all sinners. But you have been touched first before your wife. And there are so many prodigals that, that I'm, and I, I, Bob and I are burdened. We're burdened about all of you because you had the Lord touch you and you humbled yourself and you did like David. Well, not exactly, maybe like David. Because David didn't, didn't, he didn't do too good because he was a, a, a man after God's own heart. But... He went out on that ledge. May I remind you of that ledge? 
Now, there not, may not be a ledge in your house. There may not be a ledge, but it could be a computer, or it could be at work, another female. It could be any number of things that's going to start with a T as a temptation or a iniquity as an I, because the devil wants to trip you guys, every one of you, and all the ones around the world to stop standing for marriages because his heart and plan and purpose is to destroy the marriage and the church forever. And he's doing a good job. He's trying very hard. Our churches are in trouble with not screaming marriage restoration or praying for husbands and wives. Pray for the families. Pray for the couples. We need to be doing that diligently. We need to do it diligently. But in Psalm 51, if you don't pray that, may I suggest you pray that at least once or twice a week, if not daily. Psalm 51 is where that David, when he went out and he saw Bathsheba, and had told somebody to go get her and bring her to his, his uh, room, his castle, or whatever he wants to call it, to his special place. He was supposed to be out fighting the war, but he didn't. He had Bathsheba's husband fighting and being the head of it. So all of a sudden, as it happened, he uh, slept with her. And then she got pregnant. So he then decided, well, I'm going to just, adultery is not enough, but let me murder her husband. And that's what he did. So, you know, sometimes we think we're really bad and, you know, we're so bad that God doesn't love us. Let me tell you, you have to be pretty bad and do a lot of things to beat David. So God uses David as a very good instrument to tell us, you know what? I know you've done a lot of bad things. I know you're still battling some sins right now and iniquities. But you know what? You've got to tell me about it. Ask him to remove the bondages, the shackles that the devil has put you in because he can set you free from pornography. He can set you free from alcohol. He can set you free from drugs or pills or anything. He can set you free from anything. And you've got to believe that for your husband and wife. And we have got to be able to stand up and not be afraid to say it. You know, and, and I love uh, AA because they're willing to stand up and say, I have, I am, I am. We work with Teen Challenge locally, and I love that because at our church, they come once a year and sing and they do their display, and they have their marriages and families and all their lives have just been ruined. But God touched them, changed them, and they are on fire for the Lord. And then they have restored marriages. They get their children back. It's wonderful. Don't doubt God for what he can do for anybody. But it's, it's a lifestyle change. So Isaiah, Isaiah um, in, with David, in Psalm 51, it says, Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love. But we need to know that it says, according to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions. Wash away all my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. Do you know how I pray that? I pray that for all, for all our family, and I pray it for all our standers. I pray first, here's the whole it's before, Lord, and then I put us, us, our, you know, and wash away all our iniquity. Do you know we all sin every day, some way or another? And if we do not pray the Lord's Prayer or something like that and say, forgive me of my sins, you know, the Lord's still saying, hey, you know, remember what you did here? 
you know, you blew it there. Have you gone and said I'm sorry to your husband or wife or your children? Or, you know, you know, I'm always saying I'm sorry. But, you know, we've got to say, wash away all my iniquity every day. Create in me, it says in verse 10, a pure heart, O God. And that's a prayer you can pray for your husband and wife. Create in me a pure heart. We need to know, know that David was touched and changed and transformed because God sent a man to speak to him at the most perfect timing. Will you trust God that he will go and tell somebody without you giving them your husband or wife's name and address and phone number at work, cell phone and all these other phone numbers, or their, or their um, email address, will you say, Lord, will you send them to this and this, or will you send, put somebody in their pathway, a godly woman, a godly woman that believes in marriage restoration? Just pray. Are you asking for that? You know, it says in Matthew 7, ask, seek, and knock. But you need to ask, seek, and knock until the door and the miracle has happened. So once you start asking, once you start seeking and knocking, do not stop. I think, you know, there are some people that say, once, once you pray it, just thank the Lord, it's on its way. Well, in Luke 18, and I have uh, done a teaching on this just recently that we recorded, and Tim and I did it, and it was in Luke, eight, Luke 18, it says literally, and I'm just going to do this one teaching, the rest of you can hear it on the CD, Luke 18, then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. Now, you want to read the story? Got to go home and do it, but because <laughs> it's not in my, my agenda. But, but there it is, always pray and don't give up. So if you can just, I mean, if I could just, maybe I ought to put that on all of our letterhead or on all of our scriptures. That's, that's a good one because that's telling us whatever you're thinking, don't do it. You've been listening to Charlene Steinkamp. You can write the Steinkamps at P.O. Box 10548, Papano Beach, Florida, 33061. The Steinkamps also invite you to visit their website at rejoiceministries.org.